Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello there and welcome to another Arsecast right here on arseblog.oleole.com. It is the very first Arsecast of 2010, a year in which we hope much success will come to Arsenal Football Club. Silverware and trophies and jumping around and gloating, the gloating. That's what we've all missed more than anything. I know that people say, I so want Arsenal to win silverware, but you want them to win silverware, not just for the joy of winning silverware, but because you can gloat at other people and go, <laughs> we are the champions. So, uh, for gloating, let's hope it's a very good year. Uh, on the way on this Arsecast, uh, what have we got? Uh, John Cross uh, from The Mirror will be joining me in a little while to talk about uh, all things Arsenal and what it's like to cover Arsenal as a journalist. Some interesting stuff on the way, I'm sure. As well as that, Andre Arshavin is here. We've got Talkshite Radio, kind of, and uh, that's really about it. Is the uh, start of a new year. You would think I'd be better prepared. Um, no. Not really. I hope wherever you are at the moment, it's warmer than it is here in Dublin because it's freezing. I'm going to look at my weather widget at the moment. Minus four. As I'm recording this, that's no good. Nobody needs minus four. And obviously the weather has played a part this uh, this week because the Arsenal game was cancelled uh, on Wednesday because of the weather in London. And, you know, a bit of snow, which isn't much compared to other countries who cope with it an awful lot better. Of course, Ireland, and being Ireland, we can't cope with much weather either way, whether it's good or bad. In the summer, if we get two or three days of hot weather, it does happen from time to time. You hear these ads on the radio going, Please conserve water. Water is precious. Don't water your lawn. Don't wash your car. You're thinking, this is a country where it rains 340 days a year. How the fuck do we not have any water? Just build a big... What are those things? Reservoir is not the word, but maybe we just need to build a series of giant basins around the country to catch the rain when it falls. And as it is at the moment, it's freezing. We've had a little bit of snow, and, and basically... Um, the country's ground to a halt. Well, mostly because they don't have any grit for the roads, so everyone's either driving into lampposts, or if you're trying to walk on the pavement, it's freezing and it's, it's solid ice, or you're falling over and cracking skulls and stuff, so it's pretty terrible. So I hope wherever you are, it's better weather than it is here. Um, Yeah. I'm telling you, the equator is where it's at right at the moment. Um, since the last Arscast, which was our uh, end-of-decade Arscast, the roundtable thing, and we all chose our team of the decade, and there was a little bit of talk about uh, what was coming up. Uh, Portsmouth that was our final game of 2009. Might have been a difficult one, but they're a club in such disarray that we were able to cope without uh, so many injured players. Uh, 4-1 win. It's so long ago now, I can't even remember who scored all the goals. Eduardo got that deflected free kick, and then the second one was... Mm. 
Nasri, wasn't it? Yeah, and then Ramsey scored that good goal, and then they scored a goal, and then Alex Song got a goal. He deserved that goal, you have to say. Uh, so a good win. Uh, and then, of course, there was the FA Cup game, where people were saying he's going to rest this player and that player and this player and that player. But, you know, when you don't have very many players who are actually fit, it becomes quite difficult to actually rest them. Uh, 1-0 down at half time to West Ham. We went on to win it uh, 2-1. See, I remember. Uh, Eduardo and Ramsey with the goals. And, uh, you know, good to see Eduardo starting to get on a little bit of a run. His form has been a bit worrying, but three goals in his last four games. You know, a little bit lucky, I suppose, with the uh, free kick against uh, Portsmouth, the deflection, and then the goal against Hull, wasn't it? From about a yard and he nearly missed it. Uh, so, the, the header against West Ham was absolutely fantastic. A proper striker's goal, and I think that will do him uh, an awful lot of good. Aaron Ramsey showing he's got what it takes. Still struggling, maybe a little bit for consistency, but that's normal. Uh, but showing he's a really good player and two fantastic goals with his left foot, which is not his good foot. That's his chocolate leg, his version of Robin Van Persie's chocolate leg. Of course... In midweek, we would have had the chance uh, to go uh, to within a point of Chelsea, but the game was called off because of the weather, which is um, unusual. But as we spoke about, uh, lots of snow around London, snow and ice, and it was probably more for health and safety reasons than anything else. The pitch was probably fine. They probably had the orange ball out. No problem at all, but it's uh, people slipping and sliding on the way in and out of the stadium and going to get their halftime pie and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll have to reschedule that game. But anyway, to talk a little bit more about the Bolton game and, and uh, all the bits and pieces that are going on at the moment, I'm pleased to welcome to the Arscast for the first time, John Cross from The Mirror. Hi, John. Hello, thanks for having me. Right, well, we'll start by talking about the Bolton game. Obviously, there was a, a disappointment that it was called off. Arsene Wenger, I'm sure, was uh, looking forward to the opportunity of of getting to within one point of Chelsea. It adds to the fixture congestion now. And, of course, the other factor is that by the time Arsenal play Bolton, and uh, maybe twice in, in a couple of days, um, they'll have a new manager, and that always has an effect on, on the players who are always looking to do a bit more. So maybe uh, it, it might have been better to get at least one game against Bolton out of the way when they were struggling a bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. I always think that a new manager inevitably sort of really lifts a, a group of players. They're eager to impress, eager to sort of show the manager what they can do. And I, I think it would have been a great opportunity for Arsenal to play a team, you know, in the, in the middle of a really rough patch, to be honest. And uh, without a manager, slightly in limbo, wondering what's what's around the corner. And I think Arsenal could have taken full advantage of that and really taken them three points which, of course, would have taken them to within you know, one point of Chelsea, which would have been absolutely fantastic. I think also the knock-on effect, really, for Arsenal, and, and the problem is that when the game is rearranged, I think Arsenal perhaps look to do that the week after next, could end up with Arsenal playing Bolton um, twice in the space of just three or four days. And I think, you know, if you think about it, if Arsenal had to go to the rebot on the 17th and then entertain them again a few days later, the last possible thing that a new manager, Aaron Coyle, will want to lose twice back-to-back games, um, you know, to the same team, because otherwise, you know, what does that say for his management skills? You know, if he was to lose the first one, not be able to lift and make a difference for the second one. And so I think, you know, I think that's a real shame for us and a wasted opportunity, because I feel sure with the confidence uh, and the players' belief at the moment, you know, they would have taken full advantage. But now, you, you know, it, it, it's really going to be very difficult, I think, to take both, uh, both victories out of those two games. Is there maybe, um, because we know the type of football Owen Coyle likes his teams to play, which is, we have to say, rather at odds 
with the with the kind of football that Bolton have played down through the the last few seasons. Is there maybe the the chance then that that Coyle won't necessarily um, know his players well enough to go out and and play that type of football? If he does go out with an attacking approach, then it might backfire. Or or is is he going to maybe just sit back and and go defensive? You know, until he gets to know his players a bit better. Well, I always think the most effective way for for a manager to to make a difference, I think, particularly if his team's in trouble, I think people have done it down the years. Really, is the first and foremost to shore up the defence and make sure that the team's not going to be beaten. Um, I think Owen Cole definitely plays a certain way, um, you know, and he wants his team to be to be footballers. I mean, I think that explains. You know, why Arsene Wenger was was interested in loaning um, Burnley and specifically Owen Cole and Jack Wilshere because he wants his you know his players to be loaned out and develop playing a certain type of football and Bolton's uh, sorry Burnley's sort of style of football would, would have suited um, you know Wilshere certainly. Um, I think what you've got to remember is that you know Bolton, with no disrespect to them, or showing obviously going on to show huge disrespect, but it's it, it's kind of. I think they've got a certain group of players who are really effective at what they do. I think Kevin Davis is one of the most underrated and undervalued players in the Premier League. I think he should have been given an England call-up ages ago, in my view, um, because he, he's just such a good player and a good asset at what he does. And, you know, he's very direct. He thrives on that. I think when Sammy Lee, if you remember, when he had a brief stint at Bolton, he came in and wanted to make changes very, very quickly. It didn't work for him, and he tried to make those changes too quickly. And I think that's one thing that Owen Coyle perhaps will be aware of. And perhaps, you know, I don't know, it might have a knock-on effect really for Arsenal that Owen Coyle, if he's shrewd, probably just the first and foremost thing he will do is shore up that defence. All right. And the congestion, or the fixture congestion, there's plenty of the plenty of football anyway, regardless of the uh, postponement. But uh, is it maybe a chance ahead of the Everton game, which is going to be a tricky game as well, because Everton are finding a little bit of form at last, uh, a chance for, for players to get closer to fitness? We know that Arshavin and Danielson were going to play uh, on Wednesday night, but, you know, they've been carrying injuries. So maybe there's a positive there from Arsenal's point of view that these guys might get a little bit fitter. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think that um, I think that Cesc Fabregas obviously is going to be out of uh, Everton, um, still still way away. That gives him a nice long break, to be honest, and the sort of break that I think he's been looking for all season because I think he's been carrying his hamstring injury really, in my opinion, since the summer. I think it was an injury that troubled him even before the first game of the season. He could have easily missed Everton away, you know, way back in August. And I think that's, that's been a problem for him. I think Archibald wants to play in every game. I think he's just got a wonderful, irrepressible attitude, and I think that's great. Um, but again, sometimes it's, it's easier for a player to be told, we can't play because the game's off, you know. But I think if it were a league game at West Ham last Sunday, I think he would have wanted to play in that. Yeah. I think the Nielsen is struggling with a back injury, a back injury which is just a niggle from, from playing too many games, I think. And, and, and perhaps needing a rest. He's going to be so crucial now, isn't he, without Alex Song mm. at the African Nations. So I think that is most definitely the upside that a few players can take a break. Um, Arsenal, I mean, like we said, the the, the game against uh, Bolton could have seen Arsenal go to within a point of Chelsea. Um, um, are you surprised at the way things have turned around, not just from an Arsenal point of view, because after the Chelsea game, everyone was, was quite negative. Um, and now, you know, we haven't had that chance to go within a point of them, but are you surprised not only at how Arsenal have have gone through December and the results that they've they've uh, 
they've got, but also the way maybe Chelsea have, have fallen away. Arsene Wenger said he expected Chelsea to drop points, but I'm not sure too many other people shared that view. No, I, I would have thought after that um, that game at the Emirates, I, I was really worried about uh, Arsenal's fortunes this season because there can be no doubt that Arsenal were, were really second best. Um, I think that you know they were they were exposed defensively. I think Arsene Wenger, um, you know, while I, I love him to bits, um, shows a ridiculous kind of um, you know outlook on, on Didier Drogba, saying that he, he really didn't do very much in the game. You know, quite apart from scoring two goals and bullying his defence to pieces. Um, and I wondered, you know, quite what this season would bring, um, you know, for Arsenal. I think the way that Arsene Wenger has rallied his troops is absolutely exceptional and says so much for the players. Belief in him and his motivational skills. I think looking at Chelsea, I think that um, their biggest problem is their defence. That's why they're dropping points, and I'm sure that that's what Arsene Wenger has seen. Um, I don't think Arsenal had the, the strength up front, particularly Eduardo, looking re- really sort of you know very short that day. Um, had the muscle and the physical power to, to strengthen, sorry, to threaten their defence. And I think John Terry is, is a must in the Chelsea team, but I think Carvalho has seen better days. I don't think Alex is, is a top-class defender. Uh, and I think, you know, that weakness in the central defensive area is the reason why Pedicek is getting exposed and, as a result, is lacking confidence. So I think, I think you know, also, I think the team's pressing for the top four places um, makes it such a competitive league, and I think that's why teams are dropping so many points. And I think Arsenal have gone through a fantastic run. I think that was topped off by the win against Aston Villa, which was a sensational result for them. And I, I really do think that they're in the, in the title mix. Having got it back into it now, uh, we're in January, and of course there's a lot of talk about transfers. Arsene Wenger uh, is talking about uh, a striker um, in the absence of Van Persium and and the I suppose the the mystery or not the mystery but not knowing quite how long Nicholas Bentner is going to be out um, with the right purchases there's no reason why Arsenal can't stay competitive in this league but um, from a fan's point of view I think you know we might look at the defence uh, Arsenal fans will look at the defence and think that's an area as well that might be um, open for a purchase um, do you think he's looking only at strikers or, or has he got his eyes elsewhere? No I think he'll do something with the defence um, I think Sendros is a real issue um, because mm-hmm. I, I'm a big Sendros defender really um, I've not always been that but I think Arsenal were, were, were very close um, sorry I don't want to get into a row Andrew because I know you <laughs> with what happened but, uh, but Arsenal were really close to selling um, Sendros to Everton um, in the summer I think Sendros, it's a move Sendros wanted and you know, went up to Everton um, and I think he thought he was going to go through. I think at the last, I think Arsenal perhaps, you know, thought, well, hang on a minute, if Everton is selling Lescott for, for 23 million, can we really justify selling Sunderland for 3 million? We want four. And, you know, the price and the goalpost um, changed somewhat, I think. And I think it was a big mistake because it's clear that, that Wenger has made up his mind about Sunderland. Um I think that's been a bit harsh because I still think he can do a job in the Premier League. Um, but I think it's just an absolute waste of time to keep Sandoz hanging around. He's unhappy. Um, I think he, you know he's a passionate player. Um, but I think Arsenal will try to move him on in January. And if they do that, then um, I think they've got one or two irons in the fire um, about central defensive cover. I mean, De Jure, you know, is still some distance away. 
Um, so, so that's an issue. Silvest is, is kind of the emergency backup left side, you know, central defender. Um, I just think the sooner the better, really. With, with uh, we know about Senderos, and then we can look at other things. And I think that really is an area that needs strengthening because, you know, the chances are Gallas and Vermaelen cannot play every single league game. It is just unthinkable. And so I think either one or both of them will have injuries at some stage. And I think if, if Arsenal are going to carry through the title challenge, they need to address that issue. And that's not even uh, taking into account Champions League and FA Cup games, you know, which I was surprised that Gallas and Vermaelen started in the FA Cup game against West Ham. But I mean, I think that probably says uh, as much about the lack of options that he has at the moment. Yeah, no, well, absolutely. I, th- I think that that was key. It, it was kind of my understanding that Sandros was definitely going to penciled into playing that game. And uh, he'd just come back from that, from an injury. Um, I think looking at it from his point of view, being sympathetic to him, if he played in that game, when not absolutely 100% fit and got an injury, um, bearing in mind Switzerland is at the World Cup, he's desperate for football, um, to get himself into the World Cup squad. If he got injured in that game and jeopardised the moves in January, not only would he kind of be stuck at Arsenal for, for the rest of the season, but he actually miss out on the World Cup. Yeah. I, I, I really like Sendros. I think Sendros, you know, unfortunately had a bad time um, towards the end of his career. And, and I think Sendros, there is an element of Sendros saying to, to Arsenal, I'm not sure really whether I'm in the right frame of mind to play at West Ham. Um, before you kind of dismiss that, do remember that you know, this, this is a guy who's always given his all for, for Arsenal, I think. Um, you know, sometimes his ability is, is lacking, but I think he can do a really good job in the Premier League as just a straight up and down stopper. And I think, you know, I think I remember the Champions League um, game at Anfield when, when he broke down in the dressing room with tears afterwards. That shows, rather than negative, it shows how much he cares for maybe about the club. And I think, you know, if only we could do with a few more players who really cared about the club and, and, and Arsenal in the future, that would be a great thing. Mm, yeah, no, I'm a big fan. I have to say, of Sandros, I get flagged off about it quite a lot, but uh, I, I like him as a player, and I think you know he's at, he's at the sort of age where um, he, he's going to improve, and it's a, it's a shame the way his his Arsenal career is ending. Strikers. Um, there are all kinds of names going around. Um, we can we can come to those in just a moment because I just want to talk to you briefly, if I can, about uh, as a journalist, as someone that, that covers Arsenal a lot f- for the Mirror, and I know you do other clubs too, but like many others, uh, we've got access to the uh, to the TV press conferences, which is for, for radio and, and, uh, and for TV stations and, and what have you. It only occurred to me the other day that, uh, you know, the stuff that appears in the papers then is, is very different or can be different or there's extra stuff, you know, and, and there's... Uh, there's a, a separate uh, sort of a briefing for, for the press guys. So from uh, going through a normal match week with a match on a Saturday, um, what, what's what's it like to go and cover Arsenal? You go to the training ground, they give you beef wellington, nice bottle of wine. And, and, <laughs> I, you know, so between the pre-game press conference and the match itself and the post-game sort of briefing, what, what's it like to cover Arsenal and how does it work? Well, the beef wellington only comes on a match day at the Emirates when I must say the food and drink is sensational, absolutely. You, you wonder why Arsenal never get criticised, you know, but uh, in, the, in the media that explains it. I'm sure, I'm sure that a lot of fans will be saying, oh, the, the press are press always negative against Arsenal. I don't always, I don't think that's the case. I, you know, I think we've got so much respect for, for Arsenal and you're an Arsenal because they, they are such a good club to cover. If you're polite to someone, I always think that, you know, it's so hard to criticise them. Um, and your your first instinct will be to be polite back, and I think that works with journalists. And I think you know, uh, for, for example, previewing the Everton game 
um, we'll, we'll, there's a press conference on on the Friday. Uh, we go to the training ground. There's a kind of an almost an outbuilding, if you like, away from the actual training ground complex, which is near the training ground pitches, but just a short short walk away. Um, as you say, you know, a couple of years ago, the system kind of changed um, for, for one reason or another, partly to our liking and a lot to do with the club's liking. Um, but basically, there's an all-in-one press conference, if you like, which which is covered then by um, agency reporters such as sort of press association people and writers, but also for TV, Sky Sports and BBC, and um, and and then, then also BBC Five Live, um, and, and 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 you know Arsenal TV, of course, which is which is where you know you can see it. Um, that's where you know the majority of the questions. Uh, are put to Arsene Wenger, um, and that's what you can see on on the website. After that happens, we're, we're lucky enough, and we're given the sort of the um, the luxury of, of then a sort of a kind of private briefing, if you like, for, for the daily newspapers, uh, where we see Arsene Wenger in, in another small room. There's generally about six or between six and eight journalists. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We sit in on, in on that press conference uh, with a press officer there as well. And um, it's just nice that you can go away and sit sit with um, a man like Arsene Wenger and have a bit of a chat, have a bit of banter, I think I, I wrote something over the Christmas period what it was like to cover them. He's he's warm, he's really a funny guy, he's got lots of humour. You can you know, I've been covering them now for more than ten years and you know, we can have a laugh and have a bit of a giggle and uh, you know, sometimes we'll upset him, sometimes we'll annoy him with things we write. But, you know, he's so polite and he's so, you know, convivial uh, to to us really. Um, I mean, just for an example, the other day we were talking about strikers. Having done the broadcast interview, we we broke away and then sort of did our sort of um, uh, private briefing. Now, in the meantime, I'd been asked by our website, uh, Mirror Football, to to kind of uh, compile a list of potential striker targets. So I'd written them down on my notepad, and in my sort of cheeky, silly, chappy sort of way, went to sit down. Suddenly occurred to me. I've got the, the Arsenal manager to my immediate right, and here's my list on my notebook. And in true, you know, kind of crossy fashion, 
to sort of saying to him, oh, actually, this, I've got something here that maybe you can help me with, you know, have a look at these names, you know, who do, who do you like, you know, which he found highly amusing, you know, I think, you know, I'm not being a great state secretary, but Ruth Van Nistelrooy was, uh, was one of the names where I think that they've uh, certainly been offered, shall we say, you know, on a short-term loan, which he found very amusing indeed. Um, didn't dismiss it. And, um, but then, um, yeah, no, nor can I. But it's... Um, you know, it, 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 it's just it's just that nice piece of banter, really. And then often, because I think the broadcast goes from sort of, you know, from one side of the room to the other, we try and build up a sort of a, a, a line of questioning, if you like. Um, and it's a little bit more relaxed, I think, as well. And I think sometimes we get better stuff. I'm not kidding myself. Sometimes, you know, the broadcast guys get, get better stuff as well. And we go with that. We report that. Um, but, you know, yeah, quite a lot of the time we, we were afforded this great luxury which works well Arsenal are incredibly good media wise I think um, and I think that helps their reputation um, they, they've also brought in a chief executive Ivan Gazidis who is you know, from the MLS you know, I've got to know him a bit and uh, he, he's very open media friendly and I think that's very good for the fans because you know what's going on the manager one of his first you know, big big tasks I think when he took over um, you know, getting for 14 years ago now um, was was because he was so open and friendly with the media, and I think that's something that David Dina had identified as a major plus um, in appointing him. And I think he's just carried that on, and he's an absolute joy to cover. He really is, and I think you know, kind of that sets him aside and sets Arsenal aside from from other clubs that I cover. They're really enjoyable to work with. All right, final question, if we will. We talked about strikers and, and your striker list. Um, do, do you think any of those are, are realistic targets? We've got um, this news about a six foot eight Ivorian striker who seems to tick more boxes than any of the others. Um, would you put any money on the names you had in your list? Oh, I'm not a betting man, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a process of elimination. Um, you know, I was kind of quite amused. You know, we, we have a bit of banter, don't we? But basically, through, through Twitter. Um, which, which I, I really enjoy, and people sort of, you know, had lots to say about the list um, that I put together. People kind of teasing me, just making it up, just sort of, you know, fantasising about the names that I'd like to see you there. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. It's 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 ringing people. It's uh, relying on 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 contacts and, and and getting a feel from people, um, you know, whether it be agents or or people around the club. Um, and also, you know, obviously putting direct questions to the manager. Sometimes you're on the record, sometimes you're off the record. I think if the circumstances were right, and it's all about circumstances with these names, I think Deco um, of Wolfsburg would be his overwhelming first choice. Right. But we've got, we're living in the real world. Arsenal do not spend um, £20 on a strike. It simply doesn't happen. And I think that's what Wolfsburg were asking in the summer. Arsenal will do well to, to barter them down Although I am told, even though he set his heart on Milan in the summer, that he's coming round to, to to perhaps you know an English agent looking after him, um, you know coming over to the Premier League is a possibility. But I I think he's out of Arsenal's price range. He'd be the first choice. Carlton Cole is someone that he really likes. Um, uh, you know, there's no getting away from that. I think the big minus point about Carlton Cole is. He seems to have a knee problem, um, and I think that is a major off-put 
for Arsenal. I think that's a real, real worry. I mean, look, you've got to look at this realistically. Why are Arsenal looking in the market for a striker? Because they've got injury problems, and that, you know, those, you know, they need a striker now to push them across the line. I think they're nearly there. If they sign the right striker, they can win the title. Make no mistake. Um, but I think from going from from injury ravaged squad to signing another injury play striker is, is a worry. That's the minus against Carlton Cole. Um, I think the one that you know that, that perhaps the, the French um, are championing a little bit is uh, is Gignac at Toulouse. He's, he's, he's powerful, he's strong, and I think he's uh, you know perhaps not done as well as last season, but has got undoubted ability. When I say he's not done as well as last season, that perhaps opens the door um, for a cheaper price which which would suit. I think Shamak may well go to Liverpool. So look, Arsenal in a situation where I think they were counting on Shamak in the summer, know that we're probably going to miss out on him. Um, not definitely. Um so so rather than wait from the summer for for big buy, why not make it now? So I think that's what's tempting them. Arsenal Wenger has got a great record in January, absolutely sensational yeah. record, you know, of buying players. And I think that that can work for for them again. Um I think the loan issue is another Thing to look at. There's a few players knocking around who, who are available on loan. The Spanish store. I don't think it will happen, but I think a few agents are trying to put a few players around. So that could be interesting. But I do actually think Arsenal will buy um, a striker in, in, in January. They pushed the boat out for Arsenal last year. There's money available. And I think Arsenal Wenger knows that if he buys a striker, they're real contenders. All right, John, we better leave it there. Thank you very much. Um, really interesting stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to it. Let's hope for good things for the rest of the season. My thanks to John Cross from The Mirror. Of course, you can read his stuff in... Uh Yes, it's the mirror. He does uh, normal stuff day to day, and of course, a column every Thursday. And uh, if you'd like to follow John on Twitter, if you're a Twitter person, his username is John Cross Mirror. So not too difficult at all. That's twitter.com forward slash John Cross Mirror. Still to come, we'll be looking ahead to the Everton game. We've got Talkshite Radio, kinda. Right now, Andre Arshavin on the Bolton game. Hello, I am Andre Arshavin, and. Um... I am uh, very disappointing that uh, the game on Wednesday against um, Bolton is uh, not uh, not play. I'm looking forward to um, to football in the cold weather. In my country, of course, uh, we have very cold weather with snow every day and um, of course uh, football uh, always play never not play when the weather is um, not so good as in England this is because uh, we have very special people who can um, clean away snow to make a football ground safe for everybody. So even when snow is five foot, we simply um, say to these special people, uh, make snow clean and we can play football. I think in England you need to make these people do this. Um... In my country, uh, we call them women. <clears throat> Andre Arshavin.
Now, we've got uh, Everton coming up on Saturday, provided the game goes ahead, of course. I'm not sure what the weather's going to be like. I'm no meteorologist or soothsayer. I don't know. I hope it's all thawed out. Um, Judging by uh, some of the weather forecasts, it might not be. So all the issues that uh, uh, scuppered the game against Bolton might still be present. Um, Bad transport and footpaths and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, we'll uh, assume it's on just for the moment. Uh, The first day of the season, we beat Everton 6-1. Uh, and we went to them uh, at Goodison Park, and they were in a bit of a state because there was all that stuff going on with Lescott. Man City were pursuing him. They were saying, no. Uh, Lescott said, I don't want to play, and Moyes made him play, and it was all pretty terrible from their point of view. And traditionally, they start the season quite slowly. Um, And uh, 6-1 on the day, I thought, was a fair reflection of our performance and also their performance. However, I don't think they've lost since the Liverpool game at the end of November, and they've drawn in the meantime with uh, Spurs, drawn with Chelsea. Uh, They've had a lot of draws, actually. uh, Draws with Sunderland and Birmingham as well, although they beat Burnley in their last game. Uh, So things are, um, while not necessarily on the way up, they're not any worse um, than they were uh, at the start of the season. Well, they couldn't be much worse than that. Uh, uh, From our point of view, team news, uh, the only player who might be coming back is Thomas Rosicki. Uh, Arshavin and Danielson were uh, declared fit for the Bolton game had we played against them. Uh, they would have played, but I think the uh, the extra couple of days rest won't have done them any harm and won't have done anybody any harm, particularly, I think, Gallus and Vermaelen after the West Ham game. We heard Arsene Wenger talk during the week about uh, how Gallus had a bit of an injury but went and said, look, I can play against West Ham. I want to play against West Ham and uh, credit to him for uh, for that. Uh, so the extra couple of days isn't going to ha- isn't gonna hurt anybody there. Um, we're going to have to play well. Uh, we need Eduardo maybe to step up. Arshavin has been quite quiet, hasn't he? Apart from the Liverpool goal, he's been fairly quiet. Uh, but maybe uh, January, the turn of a new year, he can turn over a new leaf and start scoring goals. That could be his new New Year's resolution. Score a goal every game between now and the end of the season. I think that's a reasonable resolution for a £15 million player. Don't you? Yes. So we've got that to look forward to this weekend if it goes ahead, and we'll keep all our fingers crossed uh, that it does. Right now, though, talk shite radio. Kinda. And traffic throughout the city is entirely ghastly. I blame Boris Johnson myself. I simply don't trust any man with hair that blonde who isn't an albino. In the meantime, settle back in your car. I was nearly going to say on the bus, but of course, nobody that common would be listening to us. And listen to the intelligent sports discussion here on Reverse Talkshite Radio. Thank you very much indeed, Constance. And we shall return to the newsroom within the next 30 minutes for a further update. You are listening to Reverse Talkshite Radio, the home of erudite and perspicacious football and sports discussion. A little later this hour, we'll be welcoming our special guest, Joseph Barton. A long-time student of modern poetry, he'll be telling us how the works of Seamus Heaney have shaped and influenced his career. Now, though, to discuss matters at the Emirates Stadium, we welcome Jamie Redknapp. Uh, Are we sure about Jamie Redknapp? Okay. Uh, Jamie, welcome to Reverse Talkshide Radio. Thanks for having me. Isn't it, Andy? I have to admit I'm not sure to which Andy you're referring, so I shall continue like the professional I am. If we may begin with events at the Emirates Stadium, or dare I say it, the lack of events, 
Arsenal this week lost out on the opportunity to go within one point of league leaders Chelsea. Do you think, Jamie, that Arsenal have lost the chance to manipulate the disorder at the Lancashire Club, and will Bolton's inexorable amelioration under Owen Coyle prove a fillip for their chances of taking something from these games? Um... Well, I, well, what's funny is were you mentioning amelioration because I remember watching him, I think, in the under-19s World Cup in the summer and I thought, you know, that is a proper, proper footballer and, you know, there's nobody better than Arsene Wenger. He knows every player in Europe and if he thinks that guy can come in and do a job at the defence and let's face it, they do need a defender... Uh, with Gallas and Vermaelen playing all the games, then, yeah, if, if he wants to follow up his interest in him, then, yeah, I think he'd be a, a good player for Arsenal. Isn't it rude? I see. Uh, I'm not sure you entirely understood the question, nor do I think you correctly grasped the concept of rude. There was nothing rude about what you said, nothing discourteous or churlish. It was merely nonsensical. Nevertheless, we shall move on, and we can talk now about Eduardo, the alluring, lithe, elegant Croatian striker, who, as we know, suffered a most hideous injury not so long ago. Since his return, he struggled to find his best form. Are we to surmise, Jamie, that his career will hurtle towards ruination, or is there the negligible prospect of redemption, at least on a football level? Oh, yeah, this one I know. Um, Eduardo, yeah, proper, proper footballer, isn't he? He's little, he can score goals, he can run, he can not score goals. And, of course, you know, he's had that injury and it was a terrible injury. You don't want to see anybody get that injury because that injury is such a terrible injury. But, you know, he's come back, he's done it, he's stood there, he's come on, he's scored goals, he's turned around and he's... he's... Still called Eduardo, isn't he? And you've got to think that, you know, he's going to be called Eduardo probably for the rest of his life. Isn't he, Richard? My name is not Richard. Richard, where are you, Richard? My name is Sheldon Belafont the Third. Louise, help You're me. listening to Reverse uh, Talkshide Radio. Going on. Our help. sincere thanks to Jamie Redknapp. When we return, Alex Higgins reads his favourite passage from Margaret Atwood's 2000 Man Booker Prize winning novel, The Blind Assassin. Isn't it, Richard? Reverse Talk Giant Radio. We don't just talk, we have intercourse. More from Talk Shite Radio, real or reverse on another Arsecast in the very near future. Not much else happening. There's going to be loads and loads of transfer rumours over, uh, over the next couple of weeks, I would imagine. Uh, one tonight about Saul Campbell re-signing. Not sure how I feel about that. Uh, I did hint at it in the blog on Monday when I said Arsene might look closer to home. Saul has been training with us since uh, the whole Notts County thing went tits up. Uh, but he is 35 now. He's going to be 36 very soon. Could be even 36 now for all I know. I'm not good at telling people's ages. Nevertheless, uh, he hasn't played a Premier League game since the end of last season for Portsmouth. And, and then he was, you know, Portsmouth were happy enough to let him go, probably because of the finances thing and the wages he was on. But nevertheless, uh, you know, he's the kind of player they could have done without the club. And when they're paying, who is this guy they're paying? Is it Utaka or somebody like that? If he's on 80 grand a week, surely they could have kept Campbell if he was up for Premier League football. 
And that is the big question. He hasn't played a Premier League game for seven or eight months. He hasn't played any games at all for seven or eight months. Apart from one or two games, did he even play that many for Notts County? In League Two, which is the old Division Four, which is how we should talk about football divisions. One, two, three, and four. None of this Premiership and Championship and League One, League Two makes them sound better than they are. It's Division Four. And that's the level he was prepared to play at. And maybe that says everything. But anyway, this is just rumor at this stage, but it is quite a strong rumor. It's been around a little while, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. That's probably um, how I feel about it. Uh, so uh, more to come on transfer rumors, I'm sure, over the next uh, week or two, and certainly on next week's Arscast, there'll be all kinds of names linked with us if we haven't signed somebody by then. So keep your fingers crossed for that. Keep your fingers crossed that the game against Everton goes ahead on Saturday. Uh, I'll talk to you all week on the blog, of course, and on next week's Arscast. Until then, take it easy. Bye-bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 